You're listening to Louisiana Insider, a superlative guide to a great state's destinations. Hosted by Errol Laborde, executive editor of Louisiana Life Magazine. It's not Louisiana song. It's my favorite melody. It's not Louisiana song. Hearing it echo through the cypress trees. Okay, that was uh, the late Mel McDaniel and his uh, song, Louisiana Saturday Night. With me is a, a man who's trying to get a lot of people in Louisiana, not just on Saturday nights, but for, for a few weeks uh, at a time. This is Lieutenant Governor Billy Nungather. Thank you very much for joining us. Glad to be with you, my friend. Okay. How are you? I want to talk about the uh, the tourism controversy crisis we're having in Louisiana. First, I want to talk a little bit about you. Um, you uh, grew up in Pla- you, you what you were born in New Orleans, but grew up in Plaquemines Parish. Is that correct? Yeah. Well, I grew up in Algiers, and then when I started my business, um, I uh, I bought some. Uh, I was on Engineers Road in Plaquemines Parish, and um, I started a business with a seven thousand dollar loan from my mother and an old shipping container and uh, took the leftover college money I had and built out a living quarters for, to live in the oil rigs. I used to go offshore and the sleeping quarters were in horrible shape. And um, I got a chance to rent it to a company, one building, uh, for 18 months to paint a rig. And I went around to the oil companies and told them, I have these portable buildings, but I have none available. And Joe Kramer, who's vice president of Shell today, uh, needed four buildings for six months. He told me to come back and see him the next day. He gave me a contract, and uh, I built 50 for Shell that year, another 30 for Chevron, and when I sold the company, I had 1,000 buildings in the Gulf and about 20 modular prisons across the country out of old shipping containers. And to this day, uh, Joe says, if I'd have known you only had one building, I'd have never gave you that contract because <laughs> I told him they were all offshore. But while I was building those buildings, I lived in a shipping container on Engineers Road, and I volunteered for a riding center one day in Laplace and lifted a little girl out of a wheelchair, a therapeutic riding facility. And uh, I had so much fun and saw that little girl light up when she got out that wheelchair. I went back the next Saturday and volunteered again. Well, it began to rain, and when I went, they canceled class. When I went to put the little girl back into the back into the uh, chair uh, she gripped my arm and started crying and her dad said all she looks forward to is riding that horse well that day I made a promise if I could ever afford it I would build a covered arena where they never canceled class little did I know seven years later I'd sell the company and see it go public so I built I bought a couple thousand acres in Plaquemines Parish built my home overlooking the river but first I built that riding center with a covered arena and actually, I'm in politics because I rode out Katrina 
to protect those specially trained horses. At the time, we had over 200 children and adults with special needs at no cost to their family rode horses seven days a week, and I saw miracles happen on the back of those horses. Greatest thing I've ever done with my life. Man, you're a whole show on yourself. We we can stop right here and make that a movie. You know what you just said, okay? <laughs> but I tell you, it's, it's funny how things happen because had I not ridden out that hurricane uh, and saw the lack of response and got angry, I'd have never run for parish president. And then had it not been for the oil spill uh, and, and the lack of... of honesty by a lot of people during that catastrophe i would have never run for lieutenant governor so things have a way of working out and i love helping people and if you love helping people uh being a public service is a good place to do that now i was gonna say that uh in your career you caught katrina but you also caught the oil spill and actually the oil spill you became like a spokesman for it i mean you you became like international when people were talking about the oil spill down in louisiana i mean you really became a a leader in the recovery efforts of it. Well, you know, I couldn't understand, and I told the, the head of the oil company, look, nobody wins if we don't go out of this meeting on the same page. And we learned quickly that it took the president of the United States, I met with him five times, to give us the jack of boats and the vacuum equipment to suck up the heavy oil. And then when they were not rescuing the birds properly, uh, all the things that uh, they should have been doing the right way, uh, just like protecting the, the valuable oyster beds, we gave them a plan with Ocean Boom, and they promised to do it and never did. And in the long run, it ended up costing them more uh, because the, the, the oil did come in where we said it would come in. So uh, they just didn't want to do anything at the time that uh, working with the local people. And, and there's a reason why for the hurricanes and all these catastrophes, it's the local level makes the decision, asks the state for help, and then the state asks the federal government for help. So you've got local people on the ground that know the, the marshes, know what's going on, and has a love and passion for protecting it. Are you convinced that the, um, that the leak has been totally capped up, or is there still a little trickle out there? Well, you know, I haven't seen anything that would make me think it's not completely sealed off. Um, and really haven't looked into it since uh, since all that's gone away. Uh, I know there's been another incident out there with one well that was damaged during a hurricane that's still uh, leaking a little oil out there, but I haven't been uh, directly involved with that either. And uh, we should mention that, uh, okay, you weren't in the politics, you ran for Paris president, but, but, but it's, it's not like you didn't have a political background. Like your father, uh, what, for eight years was like the... Uh, the chairman of the state Republican Party. He was actually chairman of the Republican Party when they used to meet in a phone booth. They used to joke sure. they didn't have many Republicans. Yeah. And then he was chief of staff to Governor Treen. And um, it was, uh, you know, it's pretty incredible. My father, who got cancer after Katrina, and um, we brought him to Shreveport to uh, get treated. And uh, he got infection and one day I walked in in hospice and there were some Shriners praying for him. And I'm like, mom, what are the Shriners doing here? Dad wasn't a Shriner. Well, nobody knew when my father was chief of staff to governor trained, he gave his whole salary to Shriners hospital and they never forgot that. And he never told anybody about that. Not even his kids, except he told my mother. Cause I guess she thought he'd have a girlfriend if he didn't bring a check home. <laughs> but, but that's the kind of guy he went to Baton Rouge for good government. 
to really make a difference and didn't want to collect a, a salary. And, um, and even his kids didn't know that until, uh, uh, he was in hospice in Shreveport right before he passed. Well, he'd probably be proud to know that his son uh, grew up to be a <laughs> lieutenant governor. You're in your second term now. I got, I got to tell you, I think being lieutenant governor is the coolest job in the world. I think it's a great job to have. Uh, well, I got to tell you, when I, when I ran, they didn't give me much hope of winning. I was from a parish of 8,000 voters running against the two biggest parishes, and Jimmy Fitzmaurice called and offered to support me. And he said, you got to promise me two things, Billy, no matter who wins governor, you're not going to run against them. You won't support no one against them and you won't talk bad about them. And I said, sure, Jimmy just endorsed me. Well, back then I thought a Republican would win. But uh, after the election, Jimmy reminded me of the promise I made him. And I sat down with the governor. I gave him my word. I said, let's work together for the greater good of Louisiana. And we don't agree on everything, but we're able to talk about it. And and I'm able to do some things that if I didn't have that great work and relationship with the governor, I couldn't do. And um, and it's probably the best decision I made for Louisiana. Through the 2016 floods and even the hurricane recovery now, I'm over in Lake Charles uh, at least once a week, every other week, feeding people, trying to help people rebuild their lives because I went through it as with Katrina, Rita, Gustav, Ike, and Isaac. So... Uh, I'm, I want to help, and I really want to stay involved until everyone's back in their home. And I couldn't have access to all the departments if if I didn't have a good work relationship with the governor. So he has uh, allowed me to help people and, and use uh, and work with all of his teams in every department across state government to help get things done. And 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 that has been a great working relationship. Yeah, I remember that the, really early in your term. That was one of the. Uh... The first things you did, you went to the the governor, the new governor, and said, "I'm not going to run out, run against you four years from now." And that took a lot of the tension off of politics. Just doing that, well, you, you know, we've got to, you know, Louisiana has always prided itself on coming together as Louisianans, not Republicans and Democrats. And I gave that speech before the last special session um, that was in Lafayette and asked everyone. I got up to speak and got criticized for going to speak before the governor. But um, but I went there just to say, look, uh, we've got to fix this state. And the only way we're going to do it, if we're not trying to punish each other and we're working for the greater good of all the people of Louisiana. And I truly believe that every day. You know, anybody calls my office, we never tell them no. Sometimes we got to go to a nonprofit, whether it's building a wheelchair ramp or helping somebody out with a problem. But it allows me to work with all the departments in state government to help people solve problems. And, and that's something I enjoy helping people and solving problems. It was a little bit unusual about the lieutenant governor's office in Louisiana. I don't know if it happens in many other states, but I know in 74, when they did the new state constitution, that they gave the responsibility of tourism to the lieutenant governor. I mean, that's not automatically something that goes to a, a vice president or a lieutenant governor, but but putting that, and I think part of it was they thought that it would give tourism some prestige to have the lieutenant governor, you know, going and speaking to groups. 
Well, you know, I think it's important to have an ambassador because especially in Louisiana, we're the fourth biggest industry. Um, you know, $1.9 billion in taxes was left here last year by tourists. That's over $1,100 per Louisiana family. So, so goes tourism. So goes a big part of Louisiana state budget. And that's why it's so important that we put the efforts behind tourism and, and to, to really promote, bring that industry back. And unlike Katrina, we're competing against every state. You know, Mississippi put up $10 million. Um, Tennessee, 25 million. Uh, they've doubled and tripled. Missouri, 15 million. Now, we're very fortunate the legislature gave us 5 million to get started. To promote tourism? Gonna, yeah, but we're going to need a lot more money if we're going to compete dollar for dollar with our neighboring states as we try to bring tourism back. Now, I know um, recently your office was involved in a, a program, I think it was called Empty Tables or something, where you, uh, where you had local restaurants and things put up tables but the point is is that they were empty and trying to emphasize the point that these restaurants need help and support absolutely we've got names on it in chairs that said john smith unemployed hotel worker um you know we're hoping that um that the legislature does the right thing and directs some of this money to the hospitality industry to those music those places that play music to the attractions, um, you know, um, I, too often that we we get money and we don't spend it where it's intended or where it's needed most. And and this industry and the people that make Louisiana special um, are really hurting. And this is something that is so desperately needed or many of these small businesses won't survive. And many of these people that work in this industry that have that love and passion for entertaining and taking care of the tourists will leave and go to other states and we won't get them back. With me is uh, Lieutenant Governor um, Billy Nungesser, a man who's, whose responsibilities include the oversight of, uh, of tourism at the, uh, at the local level. Getting them back, it seems like a big advantage to getting tourism back is New Orleans, that New Orleans is a, probably, I think, a world-class tourist draw. Then once they're here, the image of Louisiana has sort of a, a charm to it. So it seems like we at least have a good product to sell. Well, and that's why I'm so concerned and want to work with the mayor to make sure New Orleans gets cleaned up, it's safe, and we've got new attractions. The three things that have been trending down, cleanliness, crime, and new attractions in New Orleans for many years. And we can't afford to fix it a little bit. We've got to clean it up, make it spotless, make it a shining star and make that French Quarter all it can be, and make it safe. If we don't, even though some of the restaurants and shops get back open, they won't survive if people don't feel safe going down there. So we've got a lot of work to do, and I wanna help the mayor and the and the businesses and the people that live in the quarter make it the best it can be. It's gonna take a lot of work, but we're working on a plan to present to the mayor to do that. We also have a thing we call the Sunshine Plan. We know the first thing we had to do was get staycation, and that's been working well. Getting Louisianas to travel around the state and see a part of Louisiana they haven't seen. They will share it with friends and family and help us drive tourists all over the state. Secondly was the drive market. 
we we had a thing if you stay three nights at the state park you get the fourth night free that brought people from states a drive market all over the south and was able to fill up our state parks in august we had our best month ever at the state parks so we're going to continue to do that and then we're watching the national data as soon as people are comfortable getting back on an airplane we're going to be doing the, the long haul market. And then as soon as we can travel internationally, we will be reaching out to our friends in all the foreign countries that love to come to Louisiana. But a new tool we got in our toolbox is the Mississippi River Cruise expansion. Those boats, one will be back later this year, several boats next year, and then Viking Cruise Line in 2022. We'll, I, I think we could see as many as 10 or 12 boats going up the Mississippi River. I'm working with local governments up and down the Mississippi River to build new dock facilities. We want those people to get off as many stops as we can. Baton Rouge, Homer's House, St. Francisville, Oak Alley, Nottoway. We want them to get out and see all of that Louisiana has to offer. Those day trips up and down the Mississippi River will add great value to the tourism industry in a lot of small towns and cities all over Louisiana. And it's also people, a lot of people who fly in. You know, they'll fly in, maybe say uh, an extra day either before or after in New Orleans, so it helps in, uh, in different ways. You know, right before all this COVID stuff happened, we were really arriving as an air destination. We had a nonstop European service, you know, with, uh, with British Airlines. We had that uh, Contour, that German Airlines. So we had two nonstop... European airlines that were expanding service to uh, Central America. And of course, we just had the new addition to the airport, the new terminal. So, man, we were really arriving right at the point, and then it all crashed around us. I mean, we just can only hope it's to come back. Oh, we'll, we'll get it back. Listen, we've got more, you know, we treat strangers like they family. Nowhere else in the world do they leave a destination and they got a friend for life. Since we've been shut down, We've been offering this Louisiana land yap to any convention or conferences that come here. We'll give them free Louisiana seafood and a local band of musicians to get them to reconsider why they're looking to rebook their convention in the next year or so. Look to Louisiana and we'll make it worth your while with Louisiana land yap. But we've also been reaching out to our international partners, like mailing them the Zazarac glass with the mix to mix a drink. And we toasted them out here on the Mississippi River and showed them how to make that drink. 400 travel agent tour operators in Canada. I gave them a toast and told them the gumbo's hot, the, the beer's cold. As uh, soon as you can travel, come back and see us in Louisiana. And then on Canadian Day, July 1st, we lit up the governor's mansion in the Superdome, a red and white for Canadian Day. Those pictures made it all over Canada. Uh, we're doing the same thing in Germany, France. Uh, we we, we want to stay, keep them hungry for Louisiana. So when they're able to travel, nobody's doing more to reach out to them than Louisiana. So our teams are working every week with these video conferences, sharing videos and things with them to make sure uh, they're hungry for some Louisiana as soon as they can travel. Okay, I want to ask you something about conventions in a moment. But first, to give you a second to catch your breath here, uh, we have like little song interludes. So here's a, a, a few bars from Doug Kershaw. Well, it burnt Mom and Papa called her little boy Ned. 
raised them on the banks of the riverbed. A houseboat tied to a big tall tree. A home for my papa and my mama and me. The clock strikes three and papa jumps to his feet. Already mama's cooking papa something to eat. Half past papa, he's ready to go. He jumps in his hero head down the bayou. He's got fishing lines run across the Louisiana River. Yeah, Doug Kershaw's Louisiana Man, probably one of the great fiddlers to come out of uh, out of New Orleans and really, uh, uh, really stylish. Let me ask you uh, about the convention business. I mean, the convention business. When you talk about tourism, uh, conventions are really central to that. Uh, there's been a you know huge. There were a lot of conventions booked in New Orleans. Huge fall off. What do people in the tourist industry think about the future of conventions, especially now that people are experiencing virtual conferences uh are are conventions not just in new orleans but in general are they going to be challenged are they going to not be the attraction that they were absolutely they're going to come back whether every convention and conference feels comfortable booking in 2022 or it takes a couple years but that's why we offered louisiana lanyard and look we've already moved the trucking convention i believe from st louis to lake charles we had the water ski champion 800 water skiers we brought all the judges to drago's and baton rouge and fed them oysters they moved their convention their water ski championship from miami to Baton Rouge. So we're leaning forward. I was talking to the, a guy that's looking for a place to bring 500 veterinarians uh, mid-next year and offering Louisiana land yap and uh, a band. Of, and he said, look, is this really the lieutenant governor asking me to bring my conference to the walls? I said, yes, sir. He said, look, I just pulled in my driveway. Would you stay on the phone and tell my wife she's not going to believe the <laughs> lieutenant governor called and asked me to move it? I said, listen, if you move your conference to New Orleans, I'll talk to all your kids. Put them on the phone. <laughs> so we just got to roll up our sleeves, think outside the box. Look, Lauren Daigle traveled the country promoting Louisiana. We just signed her up. She just re-recorded You Are My Sunshine. The second most recognized song in the world next to Happy Birthday. It is so beautiful. And we put it with video from Louisiana. When we send this video out across the country, uh, you're going to want to come to Louisiana. She is a great ambassador. And the song is so absolutely beautiful that we believe she's working to put it on her next album uh, with her beautiful voice. So thinking outside the box of things like that, the specials at our state parks and Louisiana and sharing it with their friends and family. Uh, we've got more tools in our toolbox than anyone. So uh, the mighty Mississippi river, uh, all the great food and music. I'm, I'm convinced that we will back bounce back quicker than any state. Um, and, uh, and uh, we're just going to give it our best effort and I know the people on the on the tourism team around Louisiana uh, has that love and passion, and, um, and and we'll make it happen. You know, when I stood on the levee after Katrina uh, and saw nothing but water, and had 34 people living with me, I didn't know that I rescued after Katrina. I really didn't think we would come back. 
uh, and it was the people that came from out of town from all over to help us just when you were feeling sorry for yourself that made you feel special and um and so knowing what we were able to do in new orleans in plaquemines parish in saint bernard after katrina and seeing the amount of people over in west southwest louisiana helping after these two hurricanes louisiana will be okay uh, we'll come back stronger than anyone because that's what we do um we're good at it um, when people think we're down and out we always seem to surprise them and i think this will be no difference uh, in the end louisiana will be stronger and better and we'll get back to those record-breaking years in tourism i have no doubt but the, but the one little problem is that the the world is down and out too you know at least the katrina we were down and there was the world to turn to but now it's the, the... definitely a bigger challenge but uh but listen um uh, just like when I ran for office and they say, you're a nice guy, but uh, you're from a little parish. You don't have enough base. Um, I just went out and outworked everybody. And I think that's what we always do in Louisiana. We go out and outwork everybody and uh, and we surprise them. And I think we'll surprise the world again at how Louisiana is able to come back and bring this industry back um, because we've got so much more to offer. I mean, we've got more things in Louisiana, the culture, the the music, the food, the people, and so many great assets in our toolbox. Um, we're, we're, we'll get it done. And it's going to, you know, of course, a lot's going to depend on as people feel comfortable traveling. But as they do, uh, we'll get them back here to Louisiana. You know, something I'm con- concerned about is the um, the cruise boats, not the river cruises, but the the oceanic cruises, the one that go across the Gulf, and not because of Louisiana, because of New Orleans, but because of the industry in itself. I think the, the, the that cruise ship, the, the long-haul cruise ship industry, is going to have a, a tough sell for a while. Well, we know Disney's going to come back, and, um, and I've been reaching out to all of the cruise lines, telling them when they're ready to sail, we want them back here in Louisiana. We will make them welcome, and we will do whatever it takes to help them get their business back up and running. Um, because, like you said earlier, they come in and stay a few nights before they get on that boat, either before or after the cruise, and that's a big part of our industry. The big player is Carnival Cruises. Have you have you heard from them? Or we've reached out to them, and and you know as they as as this market. Uh, opens back up and i think we're going to see after this election um that we're going to see some things really start to level out and see this country open back up um you know people ask me about mardi gras and i tell people if we've got to cancel mardi gras uh we've got bigger problems in this country than just mardi gras because if this country stays shut down where we can't have big events and fairs and festivals um it's not just Louisiana, it's this whole country. And, uh, and we've got to find a way to get America back open for business. Yeah, it's too bad. I mean, as tragic as the whole COVID thing is, if it had to happen, that it happened in the presidential election year, I think that really stifled the decision-making on all sides and kind of politicized the decision-making. Absolutely, and I'm, I'm cautiously optimistic that uh, we're going to bounce back next year and get all these people back to work and help many of these businesses survive and prosper. And uh, I surely want to 
want to encourage everybody to to play a part in it because it's going to take a lot of hard work and um and that's something we're used to there's another part of the state that uh, i know your office has been willing to emphasize and draw attention to and that's the uh, the, the kasachi the the national forest yeah well our parks we've we've done you know when i took office i was told our budget had been cut so much over the last 10 years they said, good luck, you're going to have to close at least seven of your parks. Good luck at picking, and, and that wasn't an option. Thanks to the great work the sheriffs around the state helped us clean them up, do a lot of repairs we needed to do to keep them open, and and uh, and we're working on private-public partnerships. And I can see a day where our parks make a lot of money and we don't need any taxpayers to run them. As a matter of fact, before we had the flooding and the hurricanes, uh, we actually had three state parks making money for the first time ever. Really? And that's because we looked at every contract and every dollar we spent, and we treated it more like a business. And we've been able to cut a lot of wasteful spending, and instead of having a plumber sit at every park and wait for something to break, we've got a travel team. And um, and we're doing more in-house repairs and maintenance, and, and we were able to save millions of dollars. And uh, we're now working on a plan for the museum system, the same thing. We've got to start being fiscally responsible with every aspect of state government. And I surely uh, have we, my team and the team in state parks has really made a difference and set up a model that we're going to use across a lot of our departments uh, to uh, to get the most bang for our buck in spending taxpayer dollars. Okay. only have a couple more questions to ask because I know you have some lieutenant governor business to do. But before that, we have a little segment that we call This and That. And our producer, uh, Kelly Mathico, had some questions, just simple yes or no sure. or a question. So, Kelly, take it away. All right. So this is supposed to be fun. No pressure or anything. Okay. Um, but it's a little Louisiana trivia. So we're going to test your trivia. Um, okay. Do you know what the official state dog of Louisiana is? The blue, the, the official state dog is the Catahoula. Yep, you are right. The Catahoula hound. And what is unusual about the Catahoula, about his uh, physical character? Is it the blue-eyed? It's the blue-eyed dog. The blue, <laughs> yes. The state dog is a blue-eyed dog. We ain't going to have no normal brown-eyed dog here. We're gonna we have got a, the blue dog in Louisiana. So <laughs> <the> right <laughs> in. Okay, question two. Do you know or can you tell us what the three words are that appear on the state seal? The three words that are on the state seal. Wait, look, justice. Mm-hmm. Justice, liberty, and I don't know the third. It's justice, confidence, and union. Union, conf. Okay. Yeah. Wow. Close. You were close. You got half a point. <laughs> okay, I get a half. Well, point. I think I think we should give you like ten points because you've got a lot of confidence. So, <laughs> <laughs> so we'll give you some more than that. So. Okay, and then um, do you know what the most populous parish in the state is? The most populous parish in the state, I believe it's Jefferson Parish now. So it was, <laughs> but that's kind of a trick. I kind of tricked you because it just changed to East Baton Rouge. East Baton Rouge surpassed it, yeah. really. Only by a little bit, but they just surpassed it. <laughs> well, you know, you know, when I ran for office, they told me you're running against the two biggest parishes. You don't have a chance. So I had to go out and outwork them. Yep. Uh, uh, Jefferson and Baton Rouge. Yeah. Yeah. 
New Orleans is, I mean, Orleans is now the third largest, and so it's, uh, uh, it's, East, it's uh, East Baton Rouge and then Jefferson and Orleans. All right. Okay, the third question, I mean, the fourth question is, um, do you know what year the official Louisiana flag was adopted? What year the official Louisiana flag was adopted? No, I don't. Uh, I don't know that either. Oh, I stumped you both? Yeah, yeah. It's 1912. 1912. Yeah. Okay. And then the last one is a true or false. The Louisiana State Capitol is the tallest Capitol building in the U.S. True or true. false? True. It is true. Yeah, you got it. Okay. You and it is one of the most unique and and and. And I had to stop many people that wanted to put statues around it. It is a historical treasure, yeah. just the picture. So we can't have anything of elevation nowhere around it. As a matter of fact, I planted some lemon trees to honor Ahmadine, who is a, uh, a singer that was killed way before his prime. Um, and I had to get permission to plant those even anywhere on the grounds with a plaque to honor that singer. Um, so yes, it is protected. The, 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 the outline of the Capitol is protected from any kind of uh, uh, monument. They wanted to put a gold star monument off to the right. We had to put it in the park off to the side because I'm over historical preservation. And that view is protected under the state historical preservation. That's interesting. Good. Uh, I love when you're driving into Baton Rouge and you can be like 30 miles away and then coming in, you see the capital in the distance. It's like this rocket ship, you know, just waiting to take off. Well, we, we're working, I'm working on a plan to, to, and I agreed to give up control of the museum director. If we can get a museum board in New Orleans, one in Baton Rouge, one in Shreveport, get Kyle to put the Second Chase Museums all under one group so we can promote them all and end up with night tours of the old state capital, uh, of the old state capital and the state capital to where we can bring people off these river boats and, and go and uh, show all of the great assets we have on the capital grounds. Okay, just another couple of quick questions and we'll let you go. The, uh, you know, by now you've traveled around the state, you know all the tourist attractions. Is there one attraction in particular that you think is really underrated and that more people should know about and go and see and do? Well, you know, the oldest city, Natchitoches, the Christmas lights, and, you know, Steel Magnolia was filmed there. And that movie still draws people to that town to see that house. And all those ladies in that movie all became movie stars, which is unusual. Five of them in that movie all became pretty famous sure um but that the christmas lights in natchitoches and they've got a hardware store there it's been in the same family for a hundred years and they've got games there from when we were kids there's so many unique shops and things in natchitoches when i tell people and that's where i went on my staycation um to go there they they they're blown away at that riverfront and all the different things they have there so that is a the first city and it is really a hidden treasure uh, heading up to North Louisiana. Yeah, it's older than New Orleans. And then that yes. that front street uh, has that kind of architecture. It has kind of like New Orleans-style architecture. But it, it's like Royal Street on the bluff. I mean, yep. you, uh, you look down, yeah, it's a really charming uh, charming city. And the last thing I want to ask you, and this is maybe, is there 
an attraction that's not necessarily there that you think should be, you know, that we should develop. Absolutely. I've been fight. I've been asking people. We need three things that that were on the decline for New Orleans: cleanliness, crime, and new attractions. And I want to see a Ferris wheel out over the river, uh, possibly down at the other side of the convention center, uh-huh. um, like they have in London, like they have in other cities, where you can have a party on one of these cars and hold twenty or thirty people, and you can go out over the river. Uh, what a view! May imagine what, that, yeah. What an attraction that we should have out on the riverfront, and that's just one. But I, I'm hoping to to see more attractions, uh, both at our state parks. You know, we're doing private-public partnerships now. Um, we've got horseback riding at one park. We're looking to put it at four other parks. We're we're working with a company to put zip lines. So we want to put new attractions in our state parks by getting local entrepreneurs partners by giving them the land and just taking a percentage of gross sales. That'll give us an opportunity to add new things to our state park. But we're always needing new attractions, and I think that Ferris wheel out over the river would be a great attraction. That's a good idea. You know what? You know what I wish the um, you know there are a lot of great rivers there, and the uh, like. Every time I, I cross the river, the Mississippi at like at Simsport, which I do fairly often, I look down at the Atchafalaya, and I'm thinking I want to go down that river, but I, I don't have a boat. I don't have any resources. I wish there was like tour boats. That went down rivers like the Atchafalaya. Yeah, they have a lot of swamp tours in the Atchafalaya Basin. But you're right. We just signed up a guy to put a pontoon boat where you can book a tour out of the, um, the uh, Tickfall um, State Park and go up the river there on the North Shore. So he now you can book. Uh, a pontoon boat, but we're looking for more people that want to partner put so we can get more people out on the water that maybe don't want to take a noisy airboat ride, but want to take a pontoon boat in the Atchafalaya Basin. So we're working with a lot of local companies to try to do that. Um, that's so important. As we try to grow tourism, we need to continually think of new attractions and things to draw people here. We were talking to somebody from the uh, from the Monroe um cvb and, and they say that somewhere the washita was ranked as like one of the most beautiful rivers in the world now it is and, and and i tell you we're seeing more and more people with canoes and kayaks on those rivers all over louisiana some of the most beautiful rivers anywhere here in louisiana but if i could go to monroe and if i could you know, get a boat without needing to be in a kayak you know like a tour boat a pontoon boat i'd love to do that i'd love to take a trip down the Washita. We got these great resources and rivers, and I wish we could. There could be more. So, well, I'm gonna try to find out who has where they're all at, and I'll let you know that. Okay, that's something we need to let let know. Okay, congratulations for all you're doing. I mean, uh, well, thank I, you, my friend. I appreciate your friendship. I remember one of my first interviews when I ran. Uh, I was nervous in your studio, and you made me feel I've known you a hundred years. So, well, I'll never forget you for that. Obviously, the it all uh, it all worked well, and I, I'm sure you're aware of the the importance of uh, of your job in terms of the the future of the state, the future of the economy. So, best wishes on all, on all that. Well, thank okay. you, my friend, for your friendship. Okay, I you. we're gonna go out. Speaking of the swamps, uh, a guy from Church Point, Louisiana, Jimmy C. Newman, uh, who was like one of the first Cajun cowboy kind of guys, and he did a song called uh, "Alligator Man." So we're gonna go out with that. 
Lieutenant Governor Nungesser, thank you very much. Thank you, my friend. God bless you. Have a great day. Mosquitoes buzzing round my head, Spanish moss for my bed. Very seldom see dry land, cause I'm an alligator man. I haunt the gator all night long, sell it's hot and then I'm gone. To see the bells from Bayou Chandelier. Thanks for listening to Louisiana Insider. Subscribe, like, and rate our show where you listen to your podcasts and follow us on social media at Louisiana Life Mag. Executive producer for Louisiana Insider is Kelly Massico in cooperation with Louisiana Life Magazine. For subscription information to Louisiana Life, call 504-828-1380. Our theme music was provided by Rich Collins. Hey, that's me. Join us again next week for more discoveries inside Louisiana.